getting you on your way. In style. Okay, time to get started. With Joshua Simon on Kiss 92. You're on your way with Joshua Simon on Kiss 92. Boy, is this evening's show going to be one to remember? We have the Singaporean contestant who competed on Squid Game The Challenge will be joining us on the show but next we're gonna chat with an og radio dj here at kiss 92 who made a surprise announcement on social media and on air that she will be finally stepping away from the microphone or is she well we're gonna find out more on what charmaine e's plans are for the near future more with her in just a bit you're on your way Joshua Simon. The one and only incredible Shamin E on the show with us. Uh, earlier this afternoon, she made a surprise announcement. And if you missed it, uh, from her lips to you, I'll, I'll, I'll let her tell you the news. Go ahead. Well, I shared it earlier on the show that Monday, 4th December, will be my last day on Kiss 92. I'm going to play you some applause right now. Of course, this is... Uh, a very emotional announcement that you made, you know, because mm. on one hand, you know, you're honouring the work that you put in years and years. Uh, twelve years. Twelve over Tw- well, a decade. twelve years with SBH Radio. This is incredible. You know, I remember you were the first radio DJ uh, that I was introduced to when I first joined radio ten years ago, and uh, and and boy, have you come a long way. I, I remember our first encounter. Do you? Uh, I was very nervous. I bet. <laughs> Was there a uh, soft spoken? Our, bo- our boss at the time uh, brought you around and said, "Hey, this is Josh. He's going to be joining the morning show or something." Is it <laughs> one of those? Yeah, I, yeah, I ended yeah, up yeah, being the like morning I think so. Oh, oh, yeah, he's going to be here doing some music, and he's going to be on air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then he said some really nice things about you, and and we talked about how your voice is very unique and different. The first thing you said to me was, "You have a very nice voice." That's what you said. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And it's still it's still true after all these years, you know. And and I think that is the the big question on everyone's mind. You know, you put food on the table, you provide for your family using your voice. Right, whether it's on radio, whether it's hosting, uh, where will you be lending your voice to after stepping away from the radio airwaves? Well, I haven't committed to any specific organization, but um, I always like to lend my voice to something useful. Like, I, I mean, something something that would be still authentically me and mm. I think that I can I would love to still use my voice literally or figuratively I think you're going to be on TikTok and then selling <laughs> selling the you can see the the Chinese woman I like, love her she $4. is so $4. good <laughs> she, uh, well I'm not going to be doing that Josh hey, but hey, you don't look down there she I, earned I like millions of dollars no, you no, know no no it's not about it's not about the millions can you of do dollars that? it's not oh. about that I, I would love to also earn the millions of dollars it's just it's, it's, it's a skill I don't know if I I have but I can try to hone it but I don't think that will be um, necessarily my path or you could go into politics I mean the last wow really the the last figure that you uh, you you, uh, hosted right next to was PM Lee you know and and, you know the way you carried yourself and everything I was like wow this is something I can see you doing you know you can yeah you can host these kind of like very serious because I cannot oh oh oh, to host (laughs) to host those ministerial yes yes I I do I mean I do a lot of those so I do those 
But you said go into politics. That's a very different story. Oh no, no, no. I mean like yeah. Talk, talk on behalf of them ah, right, 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 right. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> More with Shamin Yi in just a bit. You're on your way with Joshua Simon on Kiss ninety two, and of course you want to read her full statement, uh, which she very carefully wrote. Uh, uh, it's on her Instagram page as well. Yes, and it's a there's a as our radio DJs in our language we call it a hook. Oh. Yeah, you got to hook people first. Yeah. So I haven't quite shared what I'm going to do and there will be uh, an exclusive article out tomorrow. Ooh. Actually, tonight. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. T- uh, this sometime this evening, I think. On the New York Times. Uh. Yeah. Mm, I mean, very similar, The Straits Times. Hey, hey. I'll try my best to keep it together for the last show. You got to, okay? Yeah. You know, because of course, it's going to be a really emotional time. I remember you were the first rare DJ that I was introduced uh, to here when I first joined 10 years ago. Uh, and I'm also going to kind of like hold, keep it in, you know what I mean? Because you're a familiar face. You know, we have seen uh, the radio station grow and evolve through the years, the entire SPH itself, you know? Uh, so, so we will always be that link to the past, you know? Uh, but we're going to keep our chin up and l- look to the future as well. Because I remember when you were single, I remember when you were dating you know what I mean and now you're <laughs> married with child it's incredible how time has just flown by I feel like and, and probably you probably feel the same too I've celebrated many life milestones on air with our KISS listeners with yeah. uh, back then another radio station and I think we yeah we kind of we, it's like we have a glow up you know yeah. On, on air It's kind of wild You know You yeah. continue to grow In your craft But then you also Learn to be more open With your stories Yes And that's know? something I had to learn too uh, To fully embrace The authenticity Right Don't be somebody else Don't 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 be ABCDJ Don't be like Whoever Right Yeah, yeah You gotta hone Whatever is like tr- Uniquely Say for me Uniquely Charmaine And for you Uniquely Josh Right Yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious and After you made The announcement You know um, Obviously you're getting A lot of uh, questions But also a lot of love From people around Whether it's industry peers Or your friends and family as well Like Are you going to Continue to like Reply every single one of them Are you going to Book a trip So you just Be quiet and alone For a while Like what's What's the next step for you The immediate next step uh, the immediate next step is to, to uh, re- reply these messages. I've gotten uh, quite a few DMs just exploding in my inbox here. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> I, I would say uh, a lot of friends, actually friends that I've made like from the radio circle that yeah. may or may not still be in it have texted me. Aww. Yeah. So a few close ones knew before, but today is the public announcement, right? You need to have like a good meal, you know what I mean? Because it can get a bit overwhelming. We are. We're having the good meal on the 4th of December. Yeah, but quietly, quietly. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. no one is around, you go to the 7-Eleven, you just go and buy one instant noodle, then you go home, you make the miswa, you know? Right. Oh, the, the chili oil one. I, I, mean, I, I know which one you're one talking about. No, I just want you to have some alone time as well. Oh, you know, I had that so this morning. People. Yeah? I had that this morning to craft the post about today. Wow. Go yes. cry? Uh, a bit. Aww. Yeah. Well... We'll keep it together. Yes, all will be revealed soon, of course, on what the next step will be in Shamin E's career. But I think right now, uh, we're going to respect her privacy and like what she wants to share and just focus on celebrating uh, the legacy that Charmaine E has uh, given us here on Kiss92 and have crafted here for our radio station as well. Okay, make sure you tune in tomorrow too. Getting you on your way. In style. Okay, time to get started. With Joshua Simon on KISS 92. You're on your way with Joshua Simon on KISS 92. Now the entire world is watching Squid Game The Challenge. I was completely consumed by the first five episodes when it came out last week. I didn't think I would actually have a competitor 
who competed on the show with us right now in the studio, let alone a Singaporean. Danny Yo, 74 years old. Welcome to Kiss 92. Thanks, thanks. Uh, it is a great pleasure to be here. I actually know you. <laughs> You're my friend's dad. Oh, yes. And uh, we are friends too. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, I've seen you through the years. You're this incredible entertainer. <laughs> Fun fact, okay, Danny here, he competed in our SPH Got Talent, our like internal little event just to gather our staff, and you won there. Oh, yes, uh, that was a. Uh, Memorable evening. You did a naked dance <laughs> with my son. Yeah, <laughs> with my son, Al- almost naked. <laughs> yeah, you had like this towel dance. It was incredible, uh-huh. and and here you are competing in Squid Game: The Challenge. What was it really like filming the show? All will be revealed in just a bit. Keeping you company on your way home. Joshua Simon, Kiss ninety two. I know why you're here. You wanna. Enjoy this one-on-one interview with Danny Yo, right? He's a 74-year-old Singaporean retiree who competed on Squid Game The Challenge. Okay, let's start from the very beginning. Were you a fan of Squid Game The TV Show? No, actually not. Uh, generally, I'm not a TV person. I heard about Squid Game. I read briefly about Squid Game. Didn't think anything about it at all. No. It was only when I saw on a Facebook casting website that the Squid Game Challenge was looking for players around the world. Oh. You know, and then uh, what really prompted me was that there wasn't any criteria. They did not mention age, gender, race, nationality, whatsoever. geographical location. Because I no, not at all. Okay, so not at all. Obviously, you're here in Singapore, and the filming was where London. In London. Okay, I got to ask you, right? Did you have to pay for your own flight? Oh, no, no, no. Everything is paid for. Uh, flight, accommodation and meals. Was it good not? Right. I think good. I mean... The, Langham the, Hotel, did uh, they put you up there? No, no. <laughs> the hotel was decent enough. I come to think of it, I don't even recall what is the name of the hotel, but it's near the London Tower Bridge. Okay. Uh-huh. So what was the experience like? Was it, you know, like they give you the address and then you have to show up there? Or was there like a very nice team that introduced you to everyone? You got to meet the other contestants at the hotel, that kind? Okay, no. I, I think uh, everything was quite well planned for. Mm. Like once after I was confirmed, they have a welfare team person calling me and talking to me almost every week. Wow. Just at the time, COVID was still quite rampant. So they make sure... I was okay and you know I'm mentally and physically prepared for it. So once I reached the hotel there's a big station for this and that to give our kit and Yo. our player number. Right? I uh, imagine play, that's when you get your uh, Do you still have the outfit? Nope, nope, nope. Once we are there our phone were all taken away. Right? So we are cut off from the world. So, you see, I, I don't even have a decent photograph of myself. Oh, yo. Right? Uh, but later, they gave us one of the studio shots. Okay, right? okay, okay. But we, we did sneak in some photos. <laughs> some some young players, they are daring <laughs> enough. They were daring enough and they I don't know how they sneak in their phones. You know? So I did have some illegal photos. Ooh? Okay, okay, okay. And, <laughs> and were you allowed to bring anyone with you while you competed? Like, could you bring your wife? You no, know? no. I was not even supposed to tell my, <gasps> my wife and my children and my family, let alone bringing them. Well, no, no, no. You're supposed to just disappear off the face of the yes, earth. Sir, but and but they- quietly, I told my wife. I mean, my wife will kill me if I <laughs> yeah. were to say, hey, darling, I'm going to London alone. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't tell you for what. You just wait on Netflix, you see. Yeah. Uh, more with Danny. You're the 74-year-old Singaporean retiree who competed on Squid Game The Challenge. How long were you away for? 
I think about 10 days or so. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's quite fast, right? Yeah. So uh, from what I read, this is like the most that any production company has ever spent on a reality show. That's 456 contestants. Was it wild just being in the presence of the big sets, the elaborate sets and the crew and everything? Yes, I think when we finally got together... Okay, initially in the hotel, we were not supposed to mingle with each other. Oh. We were all put in a single room just so that we don't interact because they want all the interaction, the rapport to be done on screen so yes. that they can, they can cap- capture them, right? So we didn't get to interact. So even uh, for meals, we would go down, pick up our meals and go back to the hotel. Wow. You know? okay. but, but there were a lot of pre-challenge activities in the hotel that keep you occupied for a few days. Mm. There were health talk, safety talk, there were fair play and ethical talk, stuff like that, you know. And there were a lot of interview and photo sessions. Okay. And then came the first game. Okay, the first game, of course, red light, green light. What was that experience like? Because from what I see on the show, it's what, five minutes where you're supposed to cross from one end to the other end of the room. Uh, How much can you share about the game itself and filming the entire game? Because I know there's been sort of controversial takes here and there. We're not sure what is real and what is not. Uh, What can you tell us about the game itself? Okay, all 456 step into the big arena. Yeah. And just before that, we were all put into tents and that's where we really got to interact and get to know as many people as possible. Also, during our coach ride, I think we had about a two-hour coach ride to the arena, to the big place. And uh, it, it was really awesome that we were brief, given the rules and all that. We were told it would last for a couple of hours. But it stretched to beyond eight hours. Oh right. my goodness. So it was really long and uh, it was uh, below zero degrees Celsius. So the challenge was really tough. Initially, we were told we may have to hold the post for about 10 minutes. But I think as it went on, they found that many players, we are all very resilient. In local terms, we can tahan. Mm-hmm. You know? So it went from 10 minutes to 15 minutes to 25 minutes, and the longest was almost 45 minutes. Can you imagine? Almost 45 minutes under sub-zero condition. I think it is a really a big disadvantage, especially to the elderly, to the ape, to the ape like me, you know? And this is this is sort of the reality of filming a reality competition show, right? Because what we see on screen is is shown a certain way, but the actual filming to move the cameras around to capture the reaction of everyone, obviously that takes a lot of time as well, right? That, that's right, that's right. I think they have, they have about six to ten cameras here, there, everywhere. So, um... I, I don't know how they zero in into, you know, close up on certain person and all that kind of thing. I, I really don't know. Okay. But I think what I can say is that in a reality show, I don't think it is 100% real. Ah. <laughs> okay, we've got uh, Danny Yeo on the show with us. 74-year-old retiree, Singaporean who competed on Squid Game, The Challenge. Unfortunately, that was the game uh, which Danny was eliminated on, but more on the reality behind reality TV in just a bit. And by the way, what's your player number? Number 164. Number 164. Remember that number, everyone. We'll get back to that in just a bit, and maybe you can win something too. I'm curious, you know, Obviously, no one gets attacked or shot, like in the show, but there's a little splatter of ink which gets triggered, right? Uh, was that painful? No, no, no. Not really painful. I think we were all wearing a vest inside our tee, and uh, when they shoot, it sort of bursts. Yeah. Pop, there's a sound, and you can feel the wetness. 
<laughs> and I hear that. I mean, I saw that on the the show itself. Everyone had to kind of like lie down and not move. Yeah, they say once you are short, just lie down. So you know, they didn't he, ask you to be dramatic. Just just, <laughs> just lie down. Did you just lie down? Did you ayah? Then you faint. I can't quite remember. I think for a few seconds I was oh why me? You know. Oh, ah yeah. Then 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 you the reality kicks in and then you lie down lah. <laughs> okay, I, I'm curious, you know, because you you had to lie down there for a long time. When I was watching the show, I was like, isn't this a bit dangerous to lie down on the ground when people are running? Was there that fear of a stampede or people that you know who might step on your leg as they move forward? I think at a point in time, most players, the moment the red light came on, they don't have much time to think. Mm. You know, they just do what they think is right, and then you know, so somebody just simply dash down, and I think safety possibly was. The last thing on their mind, you know, because they just some of them, like I said earlier, they were very serious. They really want want, want to, to win. win the, yeah, ah, the four point five six million. So they just go for it. And and um, I think many of them think that lying down is the easiest way. But from yeah. my point of view, I don't think it is that easy because even if I were to lie down within a split second, I might not be in the most comfortable position to quickly get up and continue. No, no, right? I mean. To hold that position without oh. moving my hands and leg, I think five ten minutes I might just get a cramp if I did not lie down very very comfortably. But you only have the split second. Okay, you know, so lying down may not be the best. Were you able to watch the show after when it came out, or do you feel like it's something like you just don't want to look at? No, I was looking forward to the first episode at least. Mm-hmm. You know, I've not watched all, but I plan to watch. Uh, just for the fun of it. Do you kind of recognize some of the players? Oh yes, I do. I do many, in fact. Many, many. Oh, that that lady who knelt down and says, uh, "I gave up." Yeah, we were sent back to the hotel in the same coach. Oh, <laughs> so you you remember these? Because now that you know, like I I remember the faces of some of these characters. I'm curious whether or not they were really very serious, very mean, or were they like you know, like, was it like dramatized or whatever? Was everyone friendly to you? Yeah, that, that's the part you see. Before the challenge, we actually have these fair play guidelines and mm. talks and that kind of thing. So I think to see people trying to fight each other. I'm not too sure about that, you know. All I can say is whether that is staged or not. I'm not too sure. Okay. You know? More with Danny Yo in just a bit. You're on your way with Joshua Simon, and I'm curious. Do you remember what his player number is? We mentioned it earlier. If you remember, WhatsApp your answer right now to eight eight five five zero ninety two zero. We're gonna take you to play some games for yourself. Okay, this is gonna be a water adventure for two. Uh, double kayaking package valued at one hundred and forty four dollars from Lazarus Sea Sports. What is the player number of our Singaporean Danny Yo, who competed at Squid Game: The Challenge, the show which is now out on Netflix? I want to thank Mr. Danny Yo here, seventy four years old. I, I'm curious, beyond just 74-year-old retiree, if we could get to know who Danny Yo is, okay, before you retire, what did you do for a living, sir? I was in marketing all along for most part of my career. I joined the Straits Time Press then, wow. which eventually became uh, <laughs> Singapore Press Holdings. Uh, so some of you working uh, in SPH long enough, we were ex-colleagues. Wow. Right? So I was with SPH, or rather Straits Time, then SPH, for only... 43 years Only 43 and I think I'm OG I've been here for 10 years 43 years You got long service or not? A uh, couple I think 15, <laughs> 20, 25 Something I can't remember I think NTC voucher I think. I'm joking I'm huh? joking mm. Alright but then of course You went on to Compete in Squid Game The Challenge You know uh, Did you have, I mean obviously I imagine you hoped To have won That 4.56 million US dollars But what would you have Spent the money on? 
in all honesty, I never expected at all to win the money. You know, oh. I was just happy to be selected worldwide uh, among the almost one hundred thousand applicants. I'm one of the four, five, six. So I'm just pretty happy, and I seriously don't go there hoping to win to Chong and to win that four point five six. You know, right? But if I were to win, then uh, I think I come from a big family, many siblings, many uh, extended families, nephew, nieces, grand nephew, grand nieces, about fifty or more. So Chinese what? New Year next year would no, have been no, incredible. Uh, so <laughs> if I were to have a big money, I would like bring. <laughs> I would like to bring. All of them to the big holiday together. Wow, <laughs> one big holiday sponsored by Mr. Danny Yo. But that's a if. <laughs> ah, don't worry lah. Okay. You know, I, I'm just grateful that, you know, you went for it. You saw an opportunity, you went for it. It was a big unknown for you. But at the age of 74, you still chose to put yourself out there. You know, and, and I want to honour that. Thank you for representing Singapore. Um, <laughs> did they give you any ang pao or not? I mean, you... <laughs> You still went over there and you're on your show, right? That's right. Uh, no, no, Ang Pao. No, 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 like, because they gave me a chance of winning 4.56 million and the odds is 1 to 4.56. It's better than 40. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course, Singaporean had to go. Right? <laughs> Straight away you flew there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting you on your way. In style. Okay, time to get started. With Joshua Simon. On Kiss92. You're on your way with Joshua Simon on Kiss92. In just a bit, we're going to pop off with the biggest news in entertainment and pop culture. And also, we're going to go beyond the headlines and other news. We also have another special guest joining us in the later half of the show. We have flying in all the way from Brooklyn, New York, an alternative R&B artist, Charlie Berg, who will be joining us. What began as a forgotten voice memo Ended up being a viral TikTok hit We'll play you his new single Before we step inside as well When we chat with Charlie Berg We wish him safe travels as he makes his way He just flown in uh, today to Singapore from New York uh, He's doing a show at the Esplanade Concert Hall On the 29th of November That's tomorrow uh, Tickets are $49.50 Very affordable uh, You can go get your tickets at Esplanade.com Getting you on your way Joshua Simon on Kiss 92 What's hot? What's hot? Time to pop off after crossing $250 million at the global box office and taking over the world with Taylor's version of 1989, the songs from The Vault taking over the Billboard Hot 100 week after week since its release. Taylor Swift took to social media last night to announce that with her birthday coming up, she thinks of no better way to celebrate the year that she's had with the Swifties from all around the world with the Errors to a Concert film available for everyone to watch at home. Now, we knew this one was coming. I had a blast watching it with Swifties. I think that's the best experience. But, you know, uh, for anyone that could not make it to the cinemas or maybe you're waiting for some friends who are overseas, you know, the idea that now you can watch it from the comfort of your home, have your own little Swiftie gathering party and watch the heiress to a concert film together singing along to every song but also with additions as well you know because you know with every stop that she makes she adds in little songs that is not part of the main lock set list and like 
snow on the beach or in the film for example uh, she cut out wildest dreams uh, the archer from the lover album long live as well so these three songs will be added into the extended version of the film which i still think is not enough i would i would love if she adds all the secret songs from all of her stuff so that'll be way too massive for it'll be like a three blu-rays uh, to be put together but I mean like I want to see a little bit of everything you know all the special guests that she's had on as well um, but this will be on demand which means you can pick it up from the uh, Apple iTunes store or you can rent it on of course you guessed it December 13th Taylor Swift's birthday almost there you're on your way on KISS 92 time now to go beyond the headlines in some food news News that may not have made the headlines but are worth diving into. We're going to head over to Bonavista for a bit. What's happening at Bonavista? Well, get this. They are growing strawberries in Singapore. This is the world's first climate-resilient strawberry hydroponics farm. It's at the Singapore Science Park 1. Okay, and it's run by Bloom.sg. Three O's over there. A strawberry farm in Singapore. Usually unheard of. You don't have to go to Genting anymore or fly to the land down under to Australia to pick strawberries. It'll be a nice intimate session. Just $38. I think it'll be a nice date, right? 45 minutes. You harvest red, white, pink strawberries. And you get to take home all the strawberries that you can fit in your basket. Challenge accepted. Especially these days, the prices of of just fruits in general. The other day, I wanted to make like a yogurt smoothie bowl at home. And then I went to the fruit store, you know, those like cut fruits one, right? And I was like, okay, easy. Uh, they already cut for me. Uh. So I, I picked up a half a mango, $5. I put it back. I said, no, thank you. I will just eat apple. Okay, good enough. So $38 for all the strawberries you want. Grown in Singapore some more. Very cool. Now, moving over to Gimmo Hawker Centre. Now, if you've been going to Gimmo Hawker Centre for many years or you've been there a couple of times, you'll definitely be told about or you've tried the Guanqi Ta Kui Tiao. They've been doing it for 54 years. They made a surprise announcement yesterday on their Facebook announcing their official retirement. Run by an elderly couple with a heavy and grateful heart, uncle and auntie of Guangqi Fried Kway Tiao. They shared on Facebook that they are officially retiring and they thanked all of their fans, anyone that's eaten there before, for their support all through the years, you know. Uh, they actually made it onto the Michelin Bib Goman list uh, in 2019. So what a way to go, right? And they're still selling really affordable. Just one plate is only $4 only, okay? People usually queue up for like 50 minutes for one plate of their Takwe Tiao. But boy, have they come a long way. They began their journey in 1969 at Tai Hong Center in Red Hill. And then they moved to their current location in 1978. They've been there since, okay? So show them some love, drop by their store, enjoy their Cha Kui Tiao. Uh, after 50 over years, they've decided to officially retire Guan Ki Fried Kui Tiao at Gimmo Hawker Center. Always with you, on your way on Kiss 92. Now, with us on the show, you finally made it all the way from Brooklyn. Wait, did you just fly in? No, no, we've been out here for a bit. Okay. <laughs> in, so, in like parts of Asia. Okay. Yeah. Where did you fly in from? We flew in from Bangkok. Oh, please yeah. tell me you got some time to like explore Bangkok. Oh, yeah, we did. It Night markets. Incredible. So beautiful. Eat a lot of food. Oh, yeah, so much. With us on the show right now, we have Charlie Berg. Yo. Yo. 
Why am I playing a clip? Why don't we just play the whole song right now? Okay. Um, how would you? Okay, I think this is a great question to ask. Who is Charlie Berg? It's it's me. I'm a, I'm a singer, songwriter, producer from Detroit, Michigan, and um, yeah, I just do my thing. Producer, okay. Yeah. We gotta go deeper. We gotta go deeper. Um, questions off the top of my head. Let's yeah. go. A date with Charlie Berg. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, last meal on earth. That would be. Um, shoot, probably chicken pot pie. <laughs> okay, okay, um, last song you were listening to on your phone? Um, it was a song by Aphex Twin, and I can't remember the name okay. of it because he has weird names. Okay, but. experimental. Yeah. Um, do you have time to Netflix, and if so, what was the last show you watched? Um, not a huge Netflix person, to be honest, but I think the last one was probably like BoJack Horseman or something. <laughs> Okay. Um, when was the last time you danced your heart out? Oh, like probably four nights ago in Tokyo. That's nice. You yeah. got to go to Tokyo. Oh, yeah. It was so incredible. And if you could introduce before we step inside right now mm -hmm. to Singapore, how would you introduce this song and the story behind it? Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty nostalgic song, pretty sentimental. It's about like sort of the existential dread of being in your youth and um, like feeling uh, excitement and dread at the same time. So, and just dancing it away. Yeah. So I know you dropped your debut album last year, was it? Yep, that's right, and August. this is the start to a new era? Uh, it could be. I think this one in particular is kind of like a Lucy. Like it's kind of just a one-off because um, it's something that I found in my archives. But um, yeah, I think it's gonna lead to maybe some new stuff. Perhaps. We've been getting a lot of that. A lot of artists that are. I mean, like I think what yesterday, Björk and Rosalia. They took a song that they did like ages ago, mm. Björk, and and revisited it. And uh, Taylor Swift's been doing that from the vault. Do you know? So yeah, I think we're in a time where like people are not you don't have to be as precious with what you release because it's kind of like there's there's such an inundation of of content and and songs that you know why not just put out what you have in the in the hamper you know i think recently i think jack antonoff of course behind lord and lana del rey and taylor swift's biggest hits you know he he talked about how uh the music industry is kind of like switched hands almost now mm. the public gets to decide with a song like cool summer four years uh, when it came out and right. then now going to number one and everything. Do you agree with Jack Antonoff or do you still think that there's a huge machine which kind of runs the industry? No, I, I definitely agree with Jack in that situation. I mean, I witnessed it firsthand. I saw a song of mine that I wrote when I was like 19 years old um, just come to like go a little bit viral on TikTok last year. So it was like definitely brought it a whole new life and a new perspective. Um, so yeah, I would certainly agree that people are more in charge of like what works and what doesn't and what would be your biggest sort of indicator that okay this is what either a hit or it's a good song is it like the critics and what they mm. think is it sort of your friends you know is it how many numbers it mm. pulls in like what is your indicator for you <laughs> i mean i like to think like if the homies vibe with it then it's a hit you know <laughs> um and also if you like i still have songs that I, that I put out years ago that i'm thinking like man like one day people will come to this, you know, like that in my heart, that's it. But um, 
I don't know. I guess there's there's different metrics and standards for everything. So what's what's your process? Does it begin on like a on the notes app on your phone? Mm. Do you go lyrics first? Uh man, I never know how to answer that. I, I think in general, honestly, like the lyrics come at the same time as the melody. So it's just like a little package. But yeah, I don't know. I think I'm trying now to challenge that creative process a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. And and I understood that you're, you know, sort of based on your background, the kind of music you were listening to growing up was what Al Green oh, Temptations, yeah. you know. So it's very different, especially when you were born in what, nineteen ninety six? Six, yeah. It's not like a diet of Britney Spears or the Spice right. Girls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, like that's what music was, because that was like the world I was exposed to from my my mom and my dad. And, um, you know, I didn't know any other like sixth graders that were listening to Motown at the time. So I kind of I didn't talk. I didn't like share it with a lot of people. But when I got to high school, I realized that that was like a unique thing to, you know, be into at that age. So I don't know. Do you have kids, by the way? No. I don't know. Okay, just, I just, just to triple confirm, I've got friends who are 23 and they've got like four kids. Right, right. No, but, uh, I don't know. <laughs> three CDs, or three CDs, do people collect CDs anymore? Three yeah. albums you would introduce to your kids if you had them. Oh my gosh. Okay. Would it also be the stuff you grew up listening to, or would it be something hmm. from today? Definitely like Al, Al Green's Greatest Hits for one of them. Uh, I would show them like Paramore, probably, like their first record. And then Prince, Purple Rain. Please tell me that, you know, your team's given you enough time to be a tourist in all these regions. Looking at your mm. schedule right now, these are, this is like a great crash course through Southeast Asia. Oh, yeah. It, it's been truly so incredible. We've we've gained so much, like, perspective on New York and, um, yeah, just learned so much, tried so many new foods. It's just been amazing. Do you think you're going to be different when you hit home? I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think like diving headfirst into all these different communities, it's like, it's kind of hard to not be different when you go home, you know? Okay. Yeah. Do you still feel like there is a sense of familiarity, even though you're so far away from home? Yeah, certainly. I mean, even just like, you know, being in music, it's like wherever you go in the world, music is not to sound corny, but it is a universal language. So it's like interesting to be. In, sp in venues and spaces that people appreciate, like music, especially the type of music I make. So, um, yeah. I, I, you know, we were talking about earlier about some of the music that you grew up listening to um, that was fed to you by your parents, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Temptations, Al Green. So that was like decades way before you were born. Mm -hmm. And it kind of keeps that sound, that legacy alive. You know, even the way lyrics were written was so different back then. Totally. There's a lot of storytelling there as well. Um, I, I'm curious right now with sort of the state of the music industry with like TikTok and AI, do you kind of see it as a tool or as a threat? I think it's a tool. I mean, I think it's easy to be cynical, and it's just kind of an easy way out, especially in the arts. Um, but, you know, when you look back on the most innovative or groundbreaking artists of each decade, of each era, mm -hmm. I think one thing that, among a few other things, but one thing that they have in common is, um, like, in a, an embrace of technological advancement in music. So, you know... When four track turned into eight track, or when vinyl turned into CDs, um, yeah. it's like the, 
the, I think the the ones at the forefront of those movements were the ones that truly embraced it and found the beauty in them. So, I mean, there are also a lot of shortcuts these days, you know, um, yeah. with technology and and. Uh, one sort of recurring thing that I, I bring up with with artists when it comes to songwriting or learning to play an instrument, mm-hmm. uh, how important is that skill set to being a musician? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I always believe that an artist has to do their homework. You know, they have to study the lineage and the artists that came before them and just really understand their craft. Um, and I don't think that ever is gonna wane in importance, but Obviously, people have different approaches, and like you never know when somebody like Bob Dylan, like his voice is not a classically trained voice, but it's like it touches generations of of music consumers. So I love like, that. Yeah, and I also really like that. You know, where where you're going on your first Southeast Asian tour, mm-hmm. and you're what, 27 years old. Yeah. See, I like that you're also 27. Like you've lived. You know, you've you've grinded through the years, and yeah. especially in Asia, you know, with with K-pop and everything, you're getting artists who are like their first big number one hit, and they're like five years old. You know, like <laughs> right, right. like, Super and I young. worry for them, and I'm glad that you know you've 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 hustled and grinded through the years. You know, you've yeah. lived a lot, so you also have a lot of stories to tell through your music. Sure. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm really thankful that I was able to put down um, like a foundation before the pandemic. Um, and and sort of move into this new phase of my career with a little more experience. Um, I honestly I I have um, like I feel sometimes I feel bad for artists that gain attention overnight and they have to do all this retroactive development. It's like it seems scary. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And like if tomorrow all that goes away for you, you're like it's fine. Like I've lived I had life before all this yeah. virality. Yeah. Exactly. You know. Um, yeah, thank you for, for joining us on the show today. Was, uh, I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Nice to have you. And I hope that you go get some food after this. Totally. Right? Any yeah. opportunity? Have you got your chili crabs and your... Not yet. If you have any recommendations like for food that I should try. Uh, um... Well, you're well taken care of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Don't worry. Um, we're going to play more of Charlie Berg here on the show. Don't worry. You're on your way with Joshua Simon. You have been on your way with Joshua Simon and I hope I earned the privilege of your time. We had quite the show today, didn't we? We had uh, 74-year-old Danny Yo, the retiree who joined Squid Game, The Challenge. The next batch of episodes, by the way, comes out tomorrow if you've been waiting for it because I think currently for the past week, we've been getting episode one to five and then it ends on like a really awkward cliffhanger. But there's five more episodes to go. So four more episodes drops tomorrow and then there's a finale which comes out on the first week of December, which is also just days away. That's when we find out who wins Squid Game, The Challenge. But after the interview that we did, with Danny and, and, and learning what it was really like filming uh, the show, how a lot of things that we see on TV, of course, is not the way it seemed to have been filmed. You know, I think uh, one little anecdote that he shared, one important one, was that uh, even though Red Light, Green Light, I think the actual game that we see on, on TV is like five minutes or so. You have to cross from one area to another, but it ended up being hours and hours of filming. So that's why you hear a lot of people saying that, hey, they had to hold a pose for a really long time or if you watch uh, the show now and you can kind of like understand why people were diving onto the ground and trying to lie on the ground because you end up having to to just wait for the camera to go around capture everyone's reaction so it's almost like as if like the timer pauses for more than just a second you know it, like it, it pauses and then it can go on for even hours uh, so 
it makes you look at a lot of these competition shows, not just as a competition show, but also as a reality show first, right? Uh, but we have more exciting guests, more prizes tomorrow as well. I'll be back from 4 to 8 p.m. Nat is next for you on KISS 92. You're on your way, on my way. with Joshua Simon.